It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, everybody, it is episode number 222 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Hope you're having had a great weekend, depending on when you are listening to this latest edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast. So away we go. I am your host, Chris Russell. Uh, As always, I invite you, I encourage you, I ask you to follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins on Twitter as well. Also, make sure you're giving a follow to at Locked On NFL Net, at Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram for all of our NFL team news and local podcast hosts, expert coverage, uh, news, information, injuries, analysis, fantasy type stuff, all available at Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. So, since the last time we were with you, uh, what we found out um, was, and I guess what the biggest story in Redskins land was, now a couple of days removed from the draft, is that Joe Theismann, who of course is you know well-known nationally from his time in broadcasting and of course from the tragic injury suffered at the hands of Lawrence Taylor and the New York Giants that ended his NFL career, uh, and oh, by the way, winning a Super Bowl, Joe Theismann, who has essentially been a goodwill ambassador for the Washington Redskins for the last several years, again, no longer uh, an active uh, television broadcaster, uh, does plenty of media-type stuff around here, uh, but really doesn't commit himself uh, to anything regular. He's more than happy to come on and talk about the Redskins, but he doesn't really, um, to my knowledge, kind of do anything like on a scheduled basis. It's just kind of like you call and you ask and uh, we should probably try and get Joe Theismann on. I think that would make uh, some sense. Uh, but um, anyway, so Joe Theismann tweeted out something right after Dwayne Haskins was selected, you know, essentially saying from one number seven to another. And that kind of got people's attention, right? Because then people started thinking and wondering, okay, now that the reality is such that Dwayne Haskins, who wore number seven at Ohio State, is now a Redskins quarterback, what's going to happen with Joe Theismann's number seven or the number seven jersey, which, again, has not been worn by a member of the Redskins in, what, 30-plus years. And to be honest with you, I'm always behind on this stuff. Like, you know, like, I'll just peel back the curtain a little bit. When Landon Collins, when when he basically came out and said – uh, on 106.7 The Fan, that he would like to uh, wear the number 21 jersey uh, of Sean Taylor, his idol, and the reason, part of the reason why I grew up loving the Redskins and why he ultimately wanted to commit to the Redskins and so on and so forth. When he talked about that and admitted, well, you know, it's something I'd like to do uh, if Sean Taylor's family is comfortable with it, that type of thing, you know, then he would like to do that. And then all of a sudden, we were kind of left with this, well, okay, this is what the player would like to do. It sounds good, but it didn't make everybody feel comfortable. And then all of a sudden, he had a different number. Like the Redskins 
chose, for whatever reason, to not give him number 21. Now, we don't know exactly what they're going to do, the organization, because they have not made any official comment uh, that anybody's aware of on this uniform number issue in number seven. But it is a different circumstance in that Joe Theismann is here and alive to talk about the importance of his number, what it meant to him, and essentially to give his blessing to Dwayne Haskins. And that's what he did. He was a guest of uh, my buddies Grant Paulson and Danny Ruye on Friday morning, I believe it was. And he said, hey, look, Dwayne and I, maybe it was Thursday, Dwayne and I had a conversation, and uh, I gave him my blessing. He asked, uh, and I gave him my blessing, and we're good. Essentially, nutshell, right? So it looks like everything is in line for Dwayne Haskins to wear number seven. And it looks like, again, Joe Theismann graciously uh, agreed and allowed that to happen. Now, the Redskins could still step in here and say, "Uh -uh -uh uh-uh-uh-uh. Even though it's not officially retired, and again, they have not retired the number, nor have they retired certain other numbers, i.e. number 21 for Sean Taylor, we're not allowing you to wear it. They could do that if they want. And this was a point that was brought up, and again, I'm not going to steal it because I didn't think about it, uh, by my pal Chad Dukes, also a colleague of mine on 106.7 The Fan, who you can listen to. Um, you can listen to Grant and Danny, who did the interview with Joe Theismann from 10 to 2 on 106.7 The Fan, radio.com and thefandc.com. You can listen to Dukes right after that, 2 to 6.30. I mean, I'm on with both of their shows a lot. Uh, sometimes I'll fill in, uh, certainly for Dukes, uh, more than the other uh, show, but that's whatever. Um, so you can listen to both of them. Uh, and I highly suggest that you do. If you like the Redskins, they're going to be talking a lot about the Redskins. Not all about the Redskins, but a lot. So he brought up this point, Dukes did, about whether or not Joe Theismann should have been put in that particular situation to make that decision. Because Joe Theismann graciously accepted and agreed to allow Dwayne Haskins to wear that number seven. The question is, should he have been put in that particular position. The Redskins should have said immediately, this is my opinion, the Redskins should have said immediately, yay or nay, we're not allowing anybody to wear number seven. If we are, then it's up for Joe Theismann and Dwayne Haskins to work that out. But if they said, you know what, we haven't, made it officially retired for whatever reasons they have. And I don't care what reasons they have. We haven't officially retired the number and taken it out of use, but we don't want anybody to use it. Then they should have told Dwayne Haskins that before it became a story. They should have told him that immediately. They should have told him that right away. And they should have told Joe Theismann that before this and right away. So that would tell me that they have not made that decision, that they have basically let it waffle and linger. A lot of times they do this, which is weird to me. Like they don't think about this stuff or they don't want to deal with this stuff. And all of a sudden it became a story. Now, in some ways it became a very positive story, right? Here's 
a legendary quarterback, somebody very important to the franchise who graciously accepted the honor or granted the honor to Dwayne Haskins, the new quarterback, moving forward, the number 15 overall pick, and away we go. There were some people that didn't like the fact that Dwayne Haskins wanted to do that, insisted on doing that, felt comfortable doing that. They didn't like that. There were some people that thought, hey, you know what? Like to Dukes' point, Joe Theismann shouldn't have been able to be put in that particular situation, in that position. And oh, by the way, again, just to circle back, he's right. They shouldn't have been put. Neither one of them should be put in that situation. It should be hell yes or hell no. Yes, the number is available. Now you two work it out, as they did apparently, or no, the number is not available. And oh, by the way, you can only interpret the fact that the number is available in that you would think if it wasn't available, they would come out and say something. They would have said something to Joe Theismann previously that his number is never to be worn again. Don't even discuss it, even though we're not retiring it. I would think Joe Theismann would know that. And if they did make that decision, and if they didn't let Joe Theismann know, that's pretty damn stupid. Which wouldn't shock me, by the way. So I assume it is available for use, and I assume it is available for Joe Theismann to basically grant his blessing, which he did. Again, great story, but it is typical for the Washington Redskins. They could have made it very easily. They could have not put Joe Theismann in that particular situation where he felt almost obligated to not get the relationship, both his individually and as a goodwill ambassador of the team, off with Dwayne Haskins on a bad note. What if that number really, really meant a lot to Dwayne Haskins for more than just that's the number he wore? What if it meant something really to him? And it was very important. Then Joe Theismann looks like the bad guy if he says, no, you know what, I'm not really comfortable. I mean, what else was Joe supposed to say? The kid wants to wear it. He's the number one pick. He's the future at quarterback. It's the same position. Joe would have to really, 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 really be a tough guy, quite honestly, and that might not even be the right description, to not let Dwayne Haskins use it. But again, the point is, in summing this up, In our opening segment, he should not have been put in that particular situation. The Redskins should say, yes, the number is available. No, the number is not available. If it is available, which we believe it is, because they haven't said no, it isn't. We don't think. They haven't officially said anything. Then you two work it out, which they did. But again, they should make that publicly known. So there isn't all this back and forth of making Joe Theismann feel, or they should, again, even if they don't want to make a public declaration, they should simply step in and say, no, 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 we're going to insist on you wearing a different number, or we are going to give you number seven right away. Bam. So it's not on Joe Theismann. It's not on his decision. Again, that's the way I would have done it, but they do things very differently than I do. All right. This is episode number 222 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. When we come back, For segments two and three, we're going to get into Terry McLaurin as we continue to get to know the newest members of the Washington Redskins as well. Some rumors circulating about something to keep an eye on uh, that we've kind of told you in little bits and pieces here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. We'll do that next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Again, episode number 222. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for downloading us. And don't forget when you hop in your car, tell your smart speaker device to play podcast Locked on Redskins. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, we welcome you back. It is episode number 222 of the Locked On Redskins Podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. Again, don't forget uh, to check out the all-new Himalaya podcasting app. Wherever you download your apps, whatever store you check out, Check out Himalaya, personally curated playlists, and of course, a good chance to listen to Locked On Redskins podcast, uh, as you can do on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and everywhere else, Player FM, Megaphone, wherever you get the Locked On Redskins podcast. A, thanks for listening. B, thanks for downloading. Uh, C, please, 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 please share with a fellow Redskins fan and friend. All right, so one thing I wanted to get to before we go to Terry McLaurin, Dwayne Haskins, Ohio State teammate, and now Redskins teammate, is this. Ari Wasserman of The Athletic covered Dwayne Haskins' entire career, all one year plus of it, um, as the starting quarterback uh, at Ohio State. And he said on 106.7 The Fan earlier this week, again with my colleague Chad Dukes, who we mentioned last segment, Quote, I don't know much about the NFL and needs and stuff, but I will say is that I personally thought that Dwayne Haskins was the best quarterback that played at Ohio State in my time. And the reason for that is because they have switched to a pro-style offense to utilize his arm. Ohio State's had a lot of very good talent at quarterback, and they've been in championship contention mode for the last decade or longer. But they've done it with athletes who they ran a lot. They kind of took athletes and turned it into a run-first, throw-when-you-have-to type scenario. And it was exact opposite with Dwayne. He put the ball exactly where it needed to be on literally every throw he threw. Ari Wasserman continued. Again, this is somebody who covered Dwayne Haskins every step of the way in Columbus at Ohio State for the athletic quote. I know there's some question about whether or not he can move, but to me, I don't know if that's relevant in the NFL or at least the way the NFL is today. I don't know if it's shifting over to Kyler Murray, Pat Mahomes mode, but for now, to get him at 15 when you thought there was a chance he could have gone top five is a tremendous value pick, and you got a player that really has an A-plus arm, and I think that's the number one thing you look for in an NFL quarterback right now. He also, on the Chad Dukes show, Chad Dukes versus the world on 106.7 The Fan, uh, talked about how he can step around and move out of pressure out of the pocket, which we said many a times that he can, and I'd rather have that guy than a scrambler and a guy running all over the place and running into pressure. He said, quote, you go back and you look at Peyton and Tom Brady and a lot of guys that have won Super Bowls. They've been tremendous leaders. They've been guys who could put the ball exactly where they needed to be, and they've been smart. And I think Haskins has the ability to do those things. So he compared his ball placement, his leadership, 
and his ability to do the intangibles and smarts to Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Now, again, that doesn't mean that's what the Redskins got. But I'm telling you, I truly believe Dwayne Haskins is going to be more successful than Kyler Murray on the NFL level. Now, does being with the Redskins and the instability of this organization and its rotten core uh, in, in deep, dark corners worry me? Absolutely. But you could say the same for a lot of different organizations. The bottom line is, is if Dwayne Haskins performs at an A level, He's going to make a lot of money. The Redskins are going to win a lot of games, and all of a sudden, a lot of that rotten core is going to go away. It's not going to be there as much. The one thing you worry about is Dan Snyder, again, made this pick over apparently the wishes of Jay Gruden and other coaches and other football scouts. They preferred Daniel Jones or an edge pass rusher or not Dwayne Haskins. Now, ultimately, obviously, I think they're going to be wrong. I think Dwayne Haskins is a great fit with the Washington Redskins. That being said, that being said, the one thing I do worry about, and it's the same sort of thing that helped ruin Robert Griffin III, is when Dan Snyder takes an affinity to someone, a real liking to someone, that person has to be a special somebody to resist being bigger than the team, to resist being bigger than what the goal is. Robert Griffin III wasn't really able to do that for that reason and other reasons. Dwayne Haskins, I believe, is much more humble and has a chance to do that, but he's got to be really, really careful. And so does Dan Snyder, because that can be debilitating to a coaching staff, to a locker room, to the culture of an organization that culture is already in question. So I'll just leave it at that. It's a concern of mine. It will always be a concern of mine. And I'm sorry if that rubs anybody the wrong way, but that's just the way it is. Um, Hopefully it doesn't come to fruition, but I've got to see it before I absolutely believe it. All right, so I wanted to get to that next. When we come back, more on Terry McLaurin, Haskins' teammate, as we continue to get to know nitty-gritty style, the deep details of the newest members of the Washington Redskins right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Again, it is episode number 222. Thanks for being with us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. All right, it is episode 222 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed your host chris russell again make sure you follow at locked redskins at locked redskins you can follow me individually on twitter at russellmania621 but just a warning friendly warning that's not just about the redskins a lot of redskins content but not just about the redskins uh there as well and make sure you follow at locked on nfl net at locked on nfl net on both twitter and instagram so terry mclaren Uh, As you know, when we did the episode right after his draft selection titled McLaurin is the man, uh, which is still available, certainly, as are all of our 
recent and long longer term episodes that we've done uh, still available for you as well. Terry McLaren coming in just over six foot, two hundred and eight pounds. Great special teams player, still a developing uh, receiver. Uh, but the thing that jumps out to you is a couple of things. One, he seems pretty humble. Two, he can run really fast, a 4-3-6. Three, he's a tremendous special teams player. Uh, again, some of the things that we've talked about um, all along here for Terry McLaurin. Um, look, he's not 6'2", 6'3", that's going to hurt him in some ways, but you can be successful at six foot. You can be successful at six foot. I think where Terry McLaurin has to, in order to become really good in this league, is he has to be able to be a force inside and outside. He has to be able to be a force against jam or bump or press coverage. And if you look at some of the scouting reports, and I've seen some of this on tape, but I'm not a scout, um, he seems like he can disengage pretty well. Seems like he can disengage pretty well and then create a little separation. I think he's tough. I think he's mentally tough. I think he's physically tough. I think he's unselfish. I think he's never going to be a cancer or a problem. I think he needs to develop more as a receiver. And you talk to some scouts and you talk to some of the draft analysts and you read some of their work, and those people have really deepened uh, their knowledge of watching the tape. And sometimes Terry McLaren can be a little rounded in his routes, can be a little uh, off in terms of the the the, the pattern. Um, I, I guess the best thing to say is he needs to kind of tighten it up or sharpen his routes. That's all stuff that can be coached through habit and practice and teaching and full attention to his craft. Now, why wasn't he super successful at Ohio State, a successful – well, they had a lot of weapons. Um, but one thing – that I know he can do better is with his great speed, if he can get a little separation and get the run after the catch that the Redskins desperately need, which they never have gotten enough of really since Deshaun Jackson, that's where he's going to. And it'll be really interesting if the Redskins can keep Paul Richardson healthy and Josh Doxson, who we talked about not getting the fifth-year option but still on the roster for this year. If they can line up McLaurin again inside and outside, four receiver sets, three receiver sets. Um, if if again uh, they use him, you know, inside where I I think again I think he can certainly grow because you don't know about Trey Quinn, right? You don't know, you don't know about Trey Quinn. Um, you don't know if he can stay healthy. I mean, I think he's a pretty good receiver, but you don't know if he can stay healthy. So I think if McLaren can get better at some of the finer points of route running uh, and if he can play inside and outside on the NFL level, that's going to make a huge, huge difference, right? Even as a vertical threat, you can still run on the inside. Now, for the most part, he'll be used. He'll be used on fly routes and deep go routes and all of that stuff, certainly early in his career while he develops his skill set. But I think he's got the mentality, the makeup, and everything to eventually to eventually be a difference maker in all positions and all spots on the field. Um, according to Bob McGinn Football, he turned 11 of his 35 receptions into touchdowns uh, while averaging, of course, 20 yards 
per catch at Ohio State. We all know about his special teams uh, ability. Uh, he was number one on most teams' uh, special teams boards. Uh, you know, and again, as an offensive player who can certainly contribute on special teams, the one thing that will be interesting is he doesn't, at least in college, really return kicks or punts that I saw. Um, maybe I'm missing something. I don't think he does that. Uh, he's really, again, a gunner. But he can be as good, like he can be uh, a Matthew Slater weapon, um, uh, you know, Kasim Osgood with the Chargers, all that. He can be that type of guy. Those guys, Steve Tasker back in the Bills heyday, those guys make huge differences, huge differences. And, again, I think some of his ability on special teams and some of the 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 uh, some of the ability and 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 the unselfish nature, if you will, will make a huge difference not only in field position, but it'll inspire other guys. Again, I would like, I would like to see, you know, him make a, a contribution, maybe not on kickoffs, but on punt returns, something like because the Redskins have struggled there forever. Forever. And that's when you'll know Terry McLaurin for true and for sure is an absolute stud. Uh, real quickly, before we get on out of here for this episode, episode number 222, Kyle Smith, the Redskins Director of College Scouting, was a guest of Larry Michael on Redskins Nation, breaking down all of this. You can read it uh, at redskins.com. I put it up on at Locked Redskins. He called Terry McLaurin a quote-unquote Swiss Army knife because he has a skill set to fit into each position at wideout. Um, and Kyle Smith went on to say, quote, at X, the guy can roll. He ran a 4-3, 40-yard dash, as we were just talking about. He can take the coverage. Uh, the top off the coverage. As a slot receiver, he's got route ability. He's got toughness and instincts. As a Z, he is a point-of-attack guy because he blocks his butt off. Think what Pierre Garçon brought to this offense for so many years. Again, that versatility that the Redskins used to have uh, in certain guys, Jamison Crowder, one of them, although he was better in the slot, Maurice Harris, who they touted and then they let go because they realized he wasn't that good, all of that, that's what Terry McLaurin is, along with an A++ on special teams. I'm so excited for Terry McLaurin. I think he's the best value pick uh, of the draft, even though most people aren't going to say that. Of course, it'll depend on how big of a receiver he becomes, how big of a weapon at receiver. Uh, but I think at the minimum, you've got a core A stud special teams player, a decent receiver or a good receiver with good potential to get better, the right attitude, the right personality, the right leadership, and a guy to build the core around for hopefully the next eight to 10 years. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 222. Thanks for being with us. 223, we'll get more into meeting the new Redskins as we continue to fill up the calendar here and give you as many details as we can about all of the new guys. We'll do Bryce Love in the next episode, episode number 223. Thanks for being with us on 222. I'm your host, Chris Russell. Have a great rest of the weekend or a great start to your week, wherever you might be listening to the Locked on Redskins podcast. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.